Welcome to the First Apostolic Church Podcast. Our church mission is to love as God loves, showing compassion to every soul, thus winning those souls and equipping them to be sent out to plant and to harvest. Thank you for joining us today, and we hope that you are blessed by today's podcast. This morning, we're so thankful for them. Love and appreciate them. Psalms chapter 4 and verse number 1. Man, we have on the screen, I'm not going to read the entire thing, but we're going to read a portion of it today. It says, To the chief musician on Neginot, a psalm of David. Psalms 5 and 1 says, To the chief musician upon Nehiloth, a psalm of David. Psalm 6 and 1, to the chief musician on Neginot upon Sheminit, a psalm of David. I want to minister to you this morning with the help of the Lord today on this subject, to the chief musician. To the chief musician. I wonder if you'd set your Bibles down this morning and pray with us today. And ask the Lord to help us today. Lord Jesus, we love you. We are so eternally grateful for you this morning. God, we need you in this house. Lord, we need your anointing to minister to these lips of clay. Help me, God, to speak to this congregation what you would have to be spoken. Lord, what you have laid on my heart for this day, for this hour. I ask you, God, that you would allow it today. Lord, we give you glory and praise. We give you honor. Lord, for there's none like you. And no flesh your glory in your presence. In the mighty, wonderful name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I thank you for it today. I thank you for it today. Thank you, Jesus. You may be seated. The Lord bless you. Pieces of Scripture that uh, we oftentimes don't even read uh, matter of fact, it wasn't even in our media. Uh, they had to manually type it in this morning, and I appreciate them for that. But the Bible tells us, uh, in, in what I read in your hearing this morning, just a few examples, a short little phrase to the chief musician. And that's what I want to talk to you about this morning. We're talking right now about the man David. David was, uh, was many things. If we go through a short possible list of things that David was, David was a shepherd boy. He was the youngest of eight sons. He was an anointed child. He was a musician. David was a poet. He was a songwriter. He was a giant killer. David was a conqueror of cities and people. David was a husband. He was a father. He was a king, and not just any king, but he was the second king of Israel and Judah. David was the father of Absalom. He was the father of many children, but specifically of Absalom, the, the one that wanted to take his throne. Uh, as a matter of fact, that, that story is so powerful in Jewish custom. Uh, I have personally seen the gravestone of Absalom. And it's a, it's a quite an interesting sight. The gravestone, the headstone stands about probably somewhere between 8 and 10 feet tall. Uh, it's quite the spectacle compared to other grave sites around it in this particular grave site. And, and it's, it's told, there's, a, there's an actual 
trail leading to it. And it's told in Jewish custom that men today still take their sons whenever they're becoming of age. And they take them to the gravestone of Absalom and remind them of the story and remind them of exactly what happened to Absalom in the end and how important it is for them to listen to their father. So it's, it's quite the impactful story uh, that we have in the Word of God. David was a retriever of the Ark of the Covenant. David, let's, let's flip the page now to something a little bit different. David was a murderer. David wasn't just any murderer. He was a premeditated murderer. David was an adulterer. David was a repentant God follower. David was a man after God's own heart. To the chief musician, it's an introductory phrase found in 55 distinct passages of Holy Writ. We explored only three of them so far this morning. Serving as a title heading to the verses that follow it, the reader can find in normal cases explanations indicating the audience, the instrument, and the author of the psalm in most occurrences. I want to survey a few of these this morning. The Bible tells us in Psalms chapter 4, and I'm not going to specific verses in media this morning, so don't, don't feel the need to follow after, but Psalms chapter 4 tells us that David pours out his complaint against slanderous enemies and finds peace and refuge in God. Psalms 5 shows David coming to the Lord in the morning, receiving the strength and the joy he needs to make it through the day against many adversaries. Psalms chapter 6 is a song of confession and humility before God. Psalms chapter 8, David speaks of the glory of God. Psalms 9, David celebrates the help and goodness of God with a big vision for the nations. Psalms 11, David lifts his eyes to the Lord to find faith in a time of testing. He knew the safest place to stand was in radical trust to God. Psalms chapter 12, David bemoans the vicious words of his adversaries and in contrast praises the pure and precious word of God. Psalms 13 starts in discouragement and despair, but David finishes in a place of trust joy and encouragement. Aren't you thankful today that you can start your day in discouragement and despair, but through the power of God you can finish in trust, joy, and encouragement. Amen. Amen. Similar to David today, we have uh, an opportunity to give unto God songs of confession, Songs of humility, songs of repentance, songs of celebration, songs of thanksgiving, and songs of complaint against our enemy today. Amen. David isn't the only one that has the opportunity to use these songs. They were written and God chose to put them in his book so that we might have an occasion to use them in our daily life. Psalms chapter 14 reviews the sad condition of the man who rejects God. For in verse number 1 it says, The fool hath said in his heart, There is no God. 
Psalms 18 is a psalm of David, the servant of the Lord, who spoke to the Lord the words of this song on the day that God delivered him from the hand of his enemies and from the hand of Saul. Psalm 19, this psalm reflects more than any other the beauty and splendor of Hebrew poetry found in the psalms. Psalms 20 is a psalm in the voice of the multitude that prays on behalf of their king before he is ready to go into battle. Psalm 21 is logically connected with the prior psalm and it, it, it helps us realize now the victory that was prayed for in Psalms 20 and now David is thanking God for the victory that was given. Psalm 22, David sings as more than an artist, but as one of the great prophets ever to speak, pointing more to his son of David, Jesus the Messiah, than even to himself. Psalms 31, this psalm is a cry for deliverance out of pressing danger and trouble. Let me tell you something this morning, ladies and gentlemen. When you find yourself in danger and trouble, the right application for your life is not to run to the world for answers. We are living in a generation and a society that's got an answer for everything. But that doesn't mean for everything their answer is correct. If you want the right response, if you want the right answer for your troubles, find your answer in the presence of God. Find your answer in the house of God. Find your answer in the Spirit of the Lord. Somebody wave your hand and shout hallelujah this morning. My answer, my help cometh from the Lord. You've got to be careful who you seek help from. You need to be careful who you seek counsel from. Well, that isn't in my notes. You don't go to the world expecting a spiritual response. I, 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 don't, I don't seek counsel from people I work with that aren't of like faith, that aren't, 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 aren't founded in their life on the Word of God, that don't have Jesus Christ as their chief cornerstone. I don't go seeking counsel for them on a bad day, but on a bad day I seek out a pastor, I seek out a ministry, I seek out the voice of God through His Word and through prayer to say, God, I'm having a bad day. Would you help me with it? Oh, somebody shout hallelujah. I know I can't be the only person in here this morning that has a bad day. And I'm not preaching against a bad day. But we need to be careful what response we give when we have a bad day. All right, tangent's over. Let's move on. Psalm 31 is a cry for deliverance out of pressing danger and trouble. I have been on the job before. Not my current employer, thank the Lord. But I have been on a job before. It happened, oh, now it's been, it's been about nine years ago. And it's, it's, thank God time flies. But I can remember pastor picking up the phone. And calling you, I was out on the factory floor. I can remember we was in revival that weekend. I remember calling him and telling him, I think my job's in trouble. I don't know if you remember that or not, but I can remember feeling like I was in trouble. 
And I won't go into all the story this morning. I hadn't done anything wrong. But there was just a lot of politics going on. And I could sense, Brother Freddie, something wasn't right. And I can remember being out on the floor in a particular spot. I was all by myself. And something just spoke to me. And, and kind of woke me up to the happenings of that hour. And I called pastor. I said, I need you to pray. I need help because something's wrong. Let me tell you something this morning. It matters not what your problem is. If man's after you, you're no different than David. If people are out to get you, you're no different than David. If people are saying bad things about you on social media, sometimes you got to turn the other cheek and say in the time of danger and in the time of trouble, I'm going to thank God for deliverance. I'm going to thank God for his help. I'm going to thank God that every step I take, I can take it with faith. I can take it with fervor of the Spirit of the Lord. Because I need him in my life. Well, hallelujah. Psalms 36 says it's a psalm that ends with a brief but earnest intercessory prayer that God will favor the righteous and protect them from the assaults of the ungodly. I'm going through these summaries of chapters this morning because I want to help somebody today. I want you to leave here knowing Where to turn to whenever you have problems. Where to turn to whenever there's situations that you don't know what to do. Psalms 39, the psalmist is vexed. He's disgusted with life. He's feeling a desire to murmur and complain. But listen now, he's aware that his words are watched. Well, I, I could stop right there. Amen. I, I, I could stay there for a while. I'm not going to. Don't anybody get nervous. I know it's Sunday morning. I know you, you, it's, it's all right. But we could stop there and, and understand that we have the same feelings to murmur and complain. You don't have to say amen. That's all right. I, I, know, it's, I know it's true. But we need to be aware that our words are watched. We need to be aware that someone is listening. And when, when, when applying it to David, his wicked enemies were just lying in wait, ready to make use of his words against him. Amen. Let, let, me, let, me, let, me, tell you, let me tell you how that works. There's no one in this room. Let me survey the congregation real quick. There's no one in this room that works with me. Brother Zach's in the back this morning. Just Friday... Friday morning, I was speaking in the cafeteria with one of my supervisors, not my direct supervisor, but a supervisor that works for me, about a situation. It was not a sensitive topic. It wasn't a private topic, but it was a topic. It was something she was catching me up to date on. Someone overheard the conversation. Now, I found this out about three and a half hours later. Someone overheard the conversation and she went out and told the gentleman that the conversation had content about. You better watch your back. Because Jerry and so and so was talking about you. I won't tell you the whole story. But I will tell you this. Three and a half hours it ended with me telling her 
you did nothing but gossip. That was none of your business. Now listen to me this morning. Gossip is a cancer. But is it, it is a socially acceptable habit. Everybody likes a good scoop. We, we in our human nature like to hear, oh, really? Oh, t- t- tell me more. Are you serious? No, I won't tell anybody. Hey, do you know what they told me? Now, let, let, Lord have mercy. This isn't in my notes. I'll show it to you after church if you want to see it. If we're not careful, that, that same spirit will come into the church. And we will justify it by this behavior. Watch me now. We'll justify it by saying, well, they needed to tell me because I needed to know how to pray. Come on. Are you serious? You don't need to know the ins and outs of every situation just to know how to pray. Let me ask you a question. Whenever you find out the ins and outs of every situation, are you praying? Feels a little safer up here. You gotta be careful. Gossip's a cancer. And like like modern day cancer, it can be something you've got and not know it. That's why we've got to watch our words. We've got to be intentional about the words we choose to use. Don't leave it to accident. Your enemy will use it against you. Somebody shout amen. amen. Psalms 40, I'm moving on, gives us a picture of great deliverance. I believe it starts this way. He brought me up also out of an horrible pit. How many can declare this morning that he's brought you out of a horrible pit? Out of the miry clay. Set my feet on a rock. Establish my goings. He's made a way for me when I didn't think there was a way. He's given me deliverance when I didn't deserve it. He's opened doors that no man can shut. He's closed doors no man can open. That's called deliverance. That's called preparation. That's called God giving you his providential blessing and help. Woo! My, I need the deliverance of God in my life. Psalm 41 talks about deliverance from trouble. Psalms 42 teaches the lesson that in the deepest gulf of sorrow the soul may still turn to God. Psalms 44 talks about a God who comes to our help. Psalm 45, His throne is forever. Psalm 46, God is our fortress. Psalm 47, God is king over all the earth. Psalm 49 reminds us that we should not fear in the time of trouble. Ladies and gentlemen, in trouble, I have the right, I have the backing, and I have the support of the word of God that I can walk with my head held high. I don't have to fear. I don't have to fear because God is with me. 
Somebody shout amen. Lord, I got to calm down. I'm screaming already. Psalm 44 is a God who comes to our help. Psalm, where's my place here? Psalm 51. Create in me a clean heart. Oh God. Psalm 52, the steadfast love of God endures. Psalm 53, there is none that does good except God. Psalm 54, the Lord upholds my life. Psalm 50, let's let's stop right there for a minute. The Lord upholds my life. Not me. Not my decisions. Not my choices. Not my intellect. Not, not, not the type of shoes I wear or the necktie that I put on my, my, around my neck. The Lord upholds me. The Lord directs me. And even when I get it wrong sometimes, He's always got it right. You, you, you want to know how God upholds you? In His house. I can remember when I was when I was dating my wife. From the time I got old enough to drive, because we started dating in kindergarten. It's a little bit of an exaggeration, but maybe not a whole lot. Bishop, I don't know there for a, a season, I don't know if there was a weekend I spent with my parents. I was gone. I had license to drive, car with gas in it. I don't know how it got gas in it so much, to be honest with you. But I would visit, and I always felt welcome. I always felt uh, loved, but I felt welcome. I felt like... Uh, I felt like I feel like a guest is supposed to fit. All right? That made me feel good. Being in a house where there was love, support, and, uh, well, I don't know what the next word is, uh, but being in that type of environment made me feel good. It, in a manner of speaking, upheld me. I guarantee you, it's been a few days now, so I can't remember the specifics, but I can guarantee you that not every Friday that I got off work and headed to Princeton, Indiana, uh, had it been a great day. I visited too much for that to happen. Not, Not every Friday was a great Friday. But when I got there, something changed. Yes, I I know my my love was there and and she made me happy. I I get all of that. But there was more than just her. It was the environment I was in. It upheld me. It supported me. It, it, It boosted my mood. Are you following me this morning? The Lord upholds my life. There's no greater opportunity for him to uphold me than whenever I come to his house. He makes me feel welcome. He strengthens me. 
He supports. Are y'all y'all listening to me this morning? He supports me. He helps me. He establishes my next steps. Man. He goes before me to make crooked ways straight. And by coming to his house, I'm more than an acquaintance. I'm a welcome friend. I'm a welcome guest. I believe God says, come on in and put your feet up a little while. Come in and find rest wherein the weary can find rest. How does that happen? He upholds me. He upholds, he supports me. The Lord upholds my life. Psalm 55. Cast your burden on the Lord. Psalm 56. In God I trust. Psalm 57. And in case you haven't figured it out by now, yeah, we're going through all 55 of them. Psalm 57, the glory of God is over all the earth. Psalm 58, God judges the earth, not us. I just slipped that in there for your benefit this morning. God judges the earth. Psalm 59, He delivers me from mine enemies. Psalm 60, God will tread down our foes. 61, He leads me to the rock. Psalm 62, my soul waits for God alone. Psalm 64, He hides me from the wicked. Psalm 65, He is the God of our salvation. Psalm 66 is another song of thanksgiving and deliverance. Psalm 67 causes His face to shine upon us. Psalm 68, this psalm is one of triumphant praise and jubilation. Psalm 69, save me, O God. Psalm 70, O deliver me, make haste to help me. Are Are you catching the pattern this morning? Where your help's from? Where you need to go to when you need something. I don't need to go to my lost family. Well, I may have lost you on that one, but it's still true. Because I don't care if they are family or not. Listen to me. Listen to me carefully this morning. I I told you just a few minutes ago, about ten minutes or so ago, uh, about being careful about going to the world to seek your counsel. That includes lost family. With lost family who are not obeying the word of God, our duty is to be a light to them. Not to go under submission of the things that they do or do not agree with. Jesus himself said he came to be a sort. Truth. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you how I was raised. And and this this may hurt. And and so take some sedative. and, and, And I'm going to say this as carefully as I can. Let me tell you how I was raised. I was raised that truth is truth no matter whether you agree with it or not. My own dad, God bless him, he's still pastoring his church. My own father, Bishop, would preach, this is before I was born, would preach the necessity of the baptism of the Holy Ghost with his own dad sitting in church pew who had never received the Holy Ghost. absolute necessity you've got to be born again somebody listen to me now I feel the anointing of God coming on it doesn't matter I say this carefully but I want to say it I want to say it straightforward enough if your family doesn't agree 
then that is a choice that they are making. But you've got to stand on your own two feet. And you've got to abide by the word of God. This is a no-so salvation. And I know that my God is real. And if my dad walks away today, I cannot walk away just because he's family. I'm not trying to be mean this morning. I, I know that's, that's kind of in your face material. I'm not trying to be mean. Let me tell you how hard it was. Let me tell you how truthful it is. My own father continued to preach that message. He still preaches that apostolic message today. But whenever my grandfather, my grandfather died the day I was born, I never got to see him. But that my own grandfather was stricken with Parkinson's disease. Bishop, he waited too long. He waited till his natural faculties had gone under, had succumbed to that disease so severely that, that he couldn't even submit to the Holy Ghost if he wanted to. And my father continued to preach the necessity of the baptism of the Holy Ghost. He preached his own dad's funeral, understanding that he never was baptized in the Holy Ghost, knowing that it's still a necessity. Don't let your family separate you from God. All right. Let's move on. In the day of trouble, I seek the Lord. Psalm 76. Where are we at? Psalm 75, a hymn of praise and anticipation of deliverance. Psalm 76, a psalm of thanksgiving, deliverance, and mercy. Psalm 77, in the day of trouble I seek the Lord. Psalm 80, restore us, O God. Psalm 81, a song of thanksgiving and a psalm of complaint from God that His people would listen to Him. Think about that. This, this is a psalm, I, I, I didn't look it up, but if, if we just kind of think about the dating for just a moment. This is a psalm that was written probably somewhere around 3,000 years ago. Give or take a few hundred years. Small margin of error. And it talks about God complaining, wanting His people to listen to Him. He hasn't changed. He still wants His people to listen to Him. Understand me loud and clear this morning, folks, that when we come to the house of God... This is about more than just checking in, clocking in and out and putting a box, checking a box saying I went to church. My duty, in order for me to apply myself the label of Christian, I've got to follow that which is Christ-like. And if I just simply come to church and I do not follow that which is Christ-like, I cannot check mark the box that I am a Christian. Psalm 77, in the day of trouble I seek the Lord. Psalm 84, my song longs for the courts of the Lord. Psalm 85, a prayer for restoration. Second time we've heard the word restoration in just a few chapters. Psalm 109, help me, O Lord, my God. Psalm 139, search me, O God, and know my heart. That continues to say, and try me and see if there be any wicked way in. Psalm 140, I'm about to land the plane here in just a few minutes. Psalm 140 is a psalm of supplication, a request for deliverance. That is the 
fifth occurrence. Fifty-five different writings to the chief musician about grace, mercy, power, and the deliverance of Almighty God. Things that when you are having a bad day, go to these 55. I want to encourage you this morning. I want to encourage you to go to these 55 different pieces of writing. I'm not saying read all 55, but find you one. Find one. Find anything that has the scripture heading in it that says to the chief musician. Because what follows is adversity and deliverance. And whenever I'm going through a trouble, and when I'm going through a trial, the, 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 the last thing, you've heard me say this before, I'll continue to say it uh, ad nauseum. The last thing you and I need to do is skip church. Amen, Brother Mason. It's good preaching. Thank you, sir. Thank you for saying that. Last thing. Because when you're not here, you're not upheld. I'm upheld in his house. Listen, I know everybody deserves to get away. I'm not talking against vacations. I've got one coming up. I know everybody needs to get away. But if your solution to every problem you have is you need to get away from God, hello, that might be an indicator of a different type of problem. But there are 55 different occasions and occurrences in God's holy writ that demonstrate for us the contrast between adversity and God's deliverance. Now, as we are landing the plane here, I'm, I'm, I'm stopping within the next, I'm stopping within the next uh, few minutes. All right? I can't come up with the right number, so I'm not going to tell you one, but I'm, I'm stopping soon. We are on the descent. But what I want to close with and share with you this morning is something that I found in study that I thought was very powerful. And I hope it blesses you. I hope it's something you can take away this morning and know that God meant for your good. And that is the phrasing of the words to the chief musician has a depth and a meaning that brings new life to God's delivering power. In the Hebrew, the words to the chief musician comes from a single word. Now, I'm not, I'm not, I don't want to Hebrewize you this morning. Uh, there's not going to be a pop quiz on pronunciation or wording. But I, I want to tell you what the word is because to break it down real quick, I think it's important. But it is lum natseach. Now, you can practice that one five times and come and tell me if you got it right or not. But that means to the chief musician. I want to tell you what it also means. If we take from that word... That's a compound word. If we take from it and find the infinitive of it, it is lin seach. That is to conduct music. But the definition doesn't stop there. Fifty-five times I read for you chapter summaries that all start with the words to the chief musician, that all start with lam naseach. The infinitive, lanseach, means to conduct music. But it also means, hear this now, it also means 
to win, to overcome, and to defeat. So every time you see the words to the chief musician, in original Hebrew text, it literally means to the overcomer. Every time, to the overcomer. God is my refuge and strength. To the overcomer, he brought me up also out of an horrible pit. To the overcomer, God is a deliverer. To the overcomer, God is my fortress. To the overcomer, I give thanksgiving to God. What are you saying this morning? I'm saying that we have been made overcomers. We have been made overcomers. Now, let me go a little bit deeper. Everybody all right? Can we go another layer deeper? Can I peel the layer of the onion back a few times? The root word, not seach, means eternity. The root word of the word used for to conduct music or to overcome means eternity. And I want to share with you this morning why I think that is. Because the destination of your, overcome, of your eternity is dependent on your overcoming nature. Your victory, the victory that you obtain, helps predetermine your eternity. Let that sink in a little bit this morning. Because if you're not pursuing victory, you're not pursuing eternity. The Bible says in the book of Revelations that we are being made overcomers by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of our testimony. You can, now that's not talking about getting up and saying, I love the Lord. But living as an overcomer. Living as an overcomer. The word overcomer or overcome in that verse is the exact same word that is used in the Psalms. Linseach. It is the exact same word indicating to us that, that David's not only conducting music, he's not only the chief musician, but God's also telling us in his word that it's applicable to us in 2017. This is not an ancient verse that was only good for David. It wasn't written just to him. It wasn't written just about him. God was telling us you're an overcomer. Whatever your adversity is, you can be an overcomer. And the way that I am made an overcomer is through his word and the word of my testimony. Stand with me this morning. We're talking to the chief musician. I want to be an overcomer. If you want to be an overcomer this morning, why don't you lift your hands to the Lord today? Why don't you lift your hands and praise him this morning? I want to be an overcomer. I want to be an overcomer. I need to be an overcomer. Oh, God. To the overcomer, he provides deliverance from trouble. Hallelujah. God is my refuge and strength. In him I overcome. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah.
Hallelujah. Keep your hands lifted and praise Him this morning as Bishop comes. Thank you for listening. If you would like more information about our services and activities, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter with the username FACMC. Again, that's FACMC. Thank you and have a blessed day.